This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 274. We are the Fight Disciples. This one dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but there's a bit of Bellator and Cage Warriors coming up, so do stick around uh, for that. If you've only just come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Just search out Fight Disciples. And if you're going on iTunes, please write us a little review. Helps us with our uh, chart position. It's a weird chart, how it all works. Reviews help. Uh, You can get Android feeds, Spotify and the like. Uh, on our website, fightdisciples.com. All social media is open as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Instagram, because I messed it up, we've had to set another one up, at The Fight Disciples. And thank you very much for all your interaction uh, on those uh, over the last couple of days, because it's been a hectic couple of days in the world of mixed martial arts. UFC 234 is where we are going to start, and Bobby Knuckles... We apologise, actually, for... Uh, what were you apologising for? You never give him a hernia. No, I didn't give him a hernia. And I, I was going to apologise for us um, basically saying last week that it would be part of a, a double in our betting with William Hill. Then, basically, with him falling off, there was nothing really worth betting on, really, no. was there? Um, no. Unbelievable the way that this played out. Weird in. Looked ferocious, looked like he was focused, looked like he was going to give us one of the fights or uh, open up the year with an absolute monster fight. And then literally an hour before the doors open in Melbourne, we get the news that he's, uh, that he's off the card and he's been rushed into hospital for an emergency operation. Proper weird. Really weird. And, uh, you know, from, the, from, from listening to what Matt Damon had to say about it, Oh, it was life-saving as well. Could have killed him. Mm. But uh, that was fucking weird as well. Dana tweeting out Matt Damon's comments saying, oh, he's going to be out longer than four weeks. Like, the fuck does a Hollywood actor know? He knows. (laughs) He knows, man. Anyway, um, yeah, man, it doesn't sound good. Hernias as well when you get into them. The the nasty sounding things, aren't they? Mm. But uh, listen, it is what it is. Unfortunately, we were robbed of seeing, for me, the best, one of the best pound for pound. No, you said the MMA. best. You said the best. No, I said Max Holloway, Amanda Nunes, and Robert Whittaker are the three uh, best. Fair enough. I'll take that back. Best fighters in MMA, I'll take that back. and I, and I maintain that. And this for me was going to be Robert Whittaker's Max Holloway versus Ortega moments. I think he was going to absolutely destroy Kelvin Gastelum, who, by the way, come out of this whole thing looking like the biggest cock in sports, and that's. That's going some way when you're Colby Covington's in Mate, the same sport as you. he went full Colby. Full Colby. Full Colby Covington. I hope someone said that to him as well. You are behaving like Colby Covington. Henry Sejudo, you need to have a word with yourself. Lending him Me. your belt, you absolute weapon. Well, Henry Sejudo, one word. Bitch. He is a little bitch. Did you see the way he was behaving at, ring, at cage side? High five and all the fight, running round trying to get, trying to see ah, ah, Anderson, Anderson, high five me, you fucking little pussy. Supposed to be the flyweight champion of the world, he was behaving like a right little bitch at ringside. Every fight that walked out as well, ah, ah, he's moving round trying to see them and he's trying to get in camera shot and all that. I'm like, grow the fuck up, man, the fuck up. Him and Kelvin Gastelum. I was just, I was watching this event going, you two little bitches, sit the fuck down. It upset me. And you know me, I don't usually get upset. He went full WWE to Gaslam, didn't he? To be fair, right. Yes, it is embarrassing. Very embarrassing. But we're talking about it. We're talking about it. We're angered by it. And therefore, if he thought... Foolish. Well, if he thought and there was any doubt in his head that his moments had gone because Whitaker could move on, 
He can move on to Adesanya. He can move on to someone else. It's not set in stone, that fight. It's not like the world of boxing, is it, where you have mandatories and various things mm-hmm. like that. He's not a champion. He's just got himself into this situation where he's fighting Robert Whittaker yeah. in, in Melbourne. If he, at any point in his head, over the 24-hour period, or even less than 24-hour period of finding out the fight was off, to him being on camera with that belt round his shoulder. If he thought that the moments had gone, I thought he played it really good. Because we're talking about it now. We're thinking he's a dickhead. He's, he's, he's gone full heel. Yeah. He's, he's turned himself into this person where everybody's thinking, what an absolute weapon. I want to see him get lit up. Yeah. He has then put himself in prime position, saying that, listen, he's missed, he's missed the fight. I made weight. I'm the champion by default. By saying all those things, which is absolute bullshit, now everybody's saying, I want to see this fucker get lit up. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Maybe maybe it was a, a massive genius, by him. But he still looks a dick. But I always liked Kelvin Gaston until that moment. Until I seen the way he was behaving, until he was getting interviewed backstage and everything else. Yeah, but Nick, this is fine sports. You're a complete dick. Yeah, but this is fine sports. Nice guys don't get the title shots. Nice guys don't get to those positions unless they're lighting dudes yeah. up. And we know that this guy's out of his weight class. He's not supposed to be in this weight class, is he? He's supposed to be in the weight class below. Yeah, but he can't, nobody can't make 170. He can if he tried. He's just a fucking lazy bastard. He likes the pies. He, he likes the pies. He yeah. likes knocking about up at the 180s, doesn't he? But That's he does, what he likes to knock he about. Well, he does well at 185. So, you know, sometimes it's not always about make, forcing yourself to make weight. This is, he, he's doing better at 185 than he was at 170. At least he can fucking make weight. What I found hip, hypocritical was, he's going, you know, I'm fucking, I've turned up. And, but how many times have he, has he missed weight? How many times has he not turned up to fight? How many, how many times has he been in Robert Whittaker's shoes, pulled out of fights because of injury, pulled out of fights or, or almost out of fights, pulled because he hasn't made weight. And then suddenly he becomes like fucking all, well, you know, I, I, uh, I turned up. So, you know, the belt should be mine. Fuck off. Yeah, but that's fight sports. That's fight sports, Nicholas. Come on, you've been f- continuing and following in this for 20 odd years, my okay. friend. Okay, okay, listen. He's played a blinder as the lad. You're, you're, He's become a dickhead. Well, there you go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and that's it. He, he's gone down. He's now become a heel to me. Yeah. But quite a cringy Colby type of heel. 100%. Do you but, know what I mean? And, and those type of guys, you want to see him get lit up, don't you? Whereas Adesanya, when he rocked the mic, and we'll come on to his fight and his performance in a minute. Mm. But when Adesanya got on the mic after his win, he was like, well, you know, I've turned up to fight. I'm here. I'm putting on a show. And all the Aussies started booing him and shit. And he was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Because Whitaker's a national hero. And that, maybe that was why Gaston was thinking, this kid could jump ahead of me here. This exactly. Kid does something special. 100% that's what happened. Yeah. He, he will have... Because he put a tweet out immediately, did he? And it was which all, was cool. And it was classy. Yeah. He put a classy message. Very Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Somebody's got in his ears and gone, mate. You're going to miss this. You might miss a chance here because if this kid goes out tonight and he lights up fucking Anderson Silva. The demand for the Australasia super fight 100%, would be overwhelming. You won't get your title shot. So get out there and we need to play this. We need to spin it. We need to do it in a certain way. I think it was a marketing stroke of marketing genius. Even though I looked at it and thought, this ain't WWE, brother. Stop being a fucking melt. So then the big question is, do we think it was Gastelum's idea? No. His manager's idea? Yeah, something like that. Or someone at the UFC's idea? Maybe someone. They, that... It's all about the story. Of course it it's is. It's all about the narrative. 100%. It, it, it's not Gastelum's idea, that. 100% he has yeah. not come up with that idea. I don't think that's his... I like Gastelum. I've always liked him. I've interviewed him many times. That, did, that Colby Covington moment... Yeah. That's not the guy I've spoken to. No, that's I the, I, I'm, I'm telling never, you now. I don't know him. That wasn't him. 
that is someone who is good at these storylines, good at these narratives. Someone from the WWE might even have fucking rung him. I don't know. <laughs> but someone has given him that narrative. Play this. This is your best chance of getting that rematch. Because it went viral. Because everyone was like, look at the state of this exactly. dickhead. Exactly. And he's got a little bit lucky because we'll move on to the Adesanya fight in a minute because it didn't necessarily catch fire. Yeah. But he has played his card. Everybody, even though they are talking about Adesanya and Silva yeah, being, this, being this chess match, the people are still talking about him. He's still relevant because yes. of him being a dickhead. Yes. Okay, and I get it. So therefore, people are now going to go, I need Whitaker to light this fucker up. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So it could be a, it could be a stroke. Even though he's a dick and he looks a dick, it's a stroke of genius. Yeah, man. And listen, you know, for years I've always defended fighters who I know personally that I know aren't dicks, but people think, oh, he's a dickhead him. And I'm like, he isn't. He's just putting on a show. Yeah. And he doesn't care if you think he's a dick because he makes more money than everybody else. So there you go. To now come back for me to go, oh, Gaston, what a dick. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking drinking the Kool-Aid, aren't I? <laughs> I know what goes into the Kool-Aid, and now I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, whereas I should take a step back, like you and just go, said, and yeah. go, I get it. I know what you do. Well played, Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for enlightening me. You're all right, mate. I appreciate it. Um, regarding... Well, Tejudo was still a dick. <laughs> for lending him his Because he was just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, which then obviously gave us the main event, which we were classing as the main event anyway. Um, Adesanya versus Silva, the, the changing of the torch. I just want to go back 24 hours before the fight yeah. and the crying at the weigh-in. Come on, Anderson, right? Don't, this is another thing regarding the Kool-Aid, right? You know what's going into the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Everybody's going, oh, look at him. He's announced his last fight. He's so emotional. No, he's fucking not. He's the master of mind games. What he's doing is using his opponent's love for him against him. Yeah. He wants his opponent to feel sorry for him because he knows full well he's going to get smashed to fucking smithereens. He's thinking, I need this kid off, off the ball a little bit. I need this kid to, you know... Take it easy on me. Yeah, take it easy on me a little bit. So I'm going to give him the tears. And even Adesanya, he said he was pumped with emotion at the weigh-in. And he even felt like crying a little bit because he was the realisation of his hero calling it a day and all yeah. that type of stuff. It was a, Anderson Silva wasn't emotional. Did he look emotional when he was fighting? Did he fuck, man? He was having the whale of a time, wasn't he? Enjoying himself was the kid. Well, He's talking about fighting Nate Diaz, for fuck's sake. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. The um, To me, it, it, it played out exactly how I thought it would, except... In terms of Anderson Silva being a 43-year-old man and looking like a 43-year-old man. Mm. Yes, he occasionally landed a right hand. That was it. Nothing else landed. The spinning stuff's gone. The reflexes are pretty much gone. He had that one moment where he where he come back and I seen someone tweet going, oh, it's like Neo fighting Morpheus. What the fuck are you talking about? Anderson's a 43-year-old man. This is like... This is like Muhammad Ali at the back end of his career. And now the people around him. The, the only good thing is he's not getting hurt. Daniel Cormier fought Anderson Silva. You think Daniel Cormier carried him? 100% carried him, yeah. 100%. And, and, and you know what? Do you think Adesanya carried him? Yes, 100%, yeah. But I also think Adesanya knew... In Adesanya's mind, he's actually playing basketball with Michael Jordan. He is competing against yeah. Anderson Silva that he grew up adoring. The same guy. It's not the same guy. This is 43-year-old Anderson Silva. The guy who's wearing uh, cycling shorts, but has got his fucking belly tucked into them these days. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a fucking muffin top on the yeah, side of his yeah, pants. Yeah. Looks like me. Mate, looks like me. Yeah. That's why I don't wear them. For, that's why I don't go to the beach and wear cycling shorts. <laughs> I wear fucking big bodies and a t-shirt when necessary. <laughs> but Anderson Silva is a 43-year-old man. Now, when I watch it now, 
I remember Anderson for what he was, yeah. but now I see a 43-year-old man that's got no business inside the yeah, octagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adesanya, because of his love and respect, sees Anderson Silva. Well, you see, I did. The first time, I've watched it three times now. The first time I watched it live. Yeah. And you can't help but get caught up in the emotion of it. Of course, because you're like, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's oh. Anderson Silva and it's this new kid, right? And it was very, it was a high level chess match. Lots of traps set in, lots of little moments where you're thinking that's class, that's class, that's class. But it never caught fire. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. It wasn't the firework spectacle that we all wanted. It didn't do that, but no. it was still compelling the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I see what you're saying now. I see a guy that is well past his best. Yeah. Against the kid that carried him, against the kid that really Respect did, him. yeah, that didn't love him, that could have comfortably taken him out if he'd have really gone for it, and he didn't, and that's the disappointing thing for me. It's therefore, I come away from the fight with questions about Adesanya. I understand that he loves Anderson Silva and he didn't want to be the guy to smash him to bits and all that type of stuff. I get that. But yeah. this is fight sports. This is your career. Take your moment. This is your moment right now to send a message to the whole middleweight division and say, I'm the fucking boy and I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm going to take you all out. Because if we're honest, up, up to coming to the UFC, yeah. he lit everybody up. Yeah, twelve. I think it was 12 fights, 12 knockouts. He lit everybody up. Yeah. Since he's come to the UFC, I think he's had five fights and three of those have been decisions. Yeah. Right? Now, we're, now we've got three decisions on there. And you're thinking to yourself, is he ready for a title fight yet? Do you, do you need to see something a little bit more from him? So I'm starting to think to myself... I think I need to see you fight someone else in the top five before you go for Robert Whittaker. Maybe someone like a Jackeray or something like that. Go and fight yeah. him. Light him up. Light him up. Proper do a job on him. Yeah. You know, like Till did on Cowboy. Yeah. Do a job. Finish the guy. Yeah. There was an opportunity for him to do that at the weekend and he just didn't take it. Well, he, he did it against Derek Brunson, but you're right. Yeah, he did. Listen, for me right now, Gastelum has got to fight Whittaker. There's, there's no question about that. That fight's got to happen. I don't care what, mm -hmm. what antics went on. It's got to happen. And, you know, I know Dana was saying Adesanya versus Anderson Silva is a final, you know, final eliminator, eliminator, number one matchup. That's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. They only said that just in case Anderson won because then it would allow them to put Anderson in the main event for the title one last time because that's what Anderson wants and that's what the UFC wants to make yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. So I don't believe for a second, even, you know, Adesanya is now number one contender. He isn't. You're right. He should go and beat a Chris Weidman. Or a Romero. Or, I think Jack you know, is a great fight for him. Jack Ray. Any of those guys, any of those other guys in and around the top five or six, that's who he's got to go and beat, and he's got to go and beat convincingly. Now, questioning his ability in the UFC, I don't agree with that. I think he's been in the UFC for five fights. Yeah. He's won four performance bonuses. He's looked absolutely fucking sensational. The only one he didn't win a bonus was uh, Vittori on the Gaethje undercard. Was that the split decision? That one? split decision one, yeah, yeah. But other than that, he's been absolutely faultless. Um, and I, you know, I still truly believe he's the future of this absolutely, the future of this middleweight division. I think there's an element in there of like, imagine if, um, imagine if they pulled me on the pitch at half time at Liverpool, okay? And this, are you, I, are you living out your dream again now? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. God, then. And they went, we're going to throw you in a penalty competition, cop end, throw a pair of boots on, throw shirts on, you're going to go pen to pen with a legend, want to put a goalie in there, blah, blah, blah. This is how it's going to play out in front of the cop mid-game, okay? Now, they bring out fucking Steve McManaman, fucking why Michael got, Lowen. Why have you got Steve McManaman first? Because he's a cock. Right, go on. But they bring out any of these guys. Yeah. I'm fucking destroying them. I'm yeah. burying every penalty. I don't care. I'm running my shirt over my head and but everything. they bring out the king. But if they bring out Kerry Zalglish, I'm missing every pen. I don't, want to beat the, I don't want to beat the king in front of the cop. I don't want to taint his... 
his legacy you're for pu- me. You're a fucking pussy. I'd so, take him. So if if same thing happened at Blackburn Rovers, Shearer. Like, and Shearer came out, yeah, and you'd you'd want to take him out in front of the fucking right, mate. Absolutely right, because that's my thing, then, isn't it? That's in my Twitter bio. That was all over me Instagram. <laughs> I took out the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been. I could have been a player, Mark. <laughs> One finger salute could have yeah, been yours. That's it, man. That could have been yours. That's no, it. I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, because my... you're a pussy. You need to take him out, man. This is what I'm saying about Adesanya. You should have took him out. But listen, uh, but these are different sports as well. Basically, what he would Adesanya knocking out Anderson Silva, and last week I was all for it. And then as soon as, to be honest, once Whitaker dropped off and this became the main event, I thought, how is this going to affect Adesanya? How is it going to affect him? Because suddenly now there isn't something above him to go, I've got to do something here to make sure the headlines are on me and not on what's above. Mm. Once that fight dropped off, it was all about Adesanya, Anderson Silva. No one gave a fuck about the rest of the card. It was all about that one fight. So he had that moment. He was getting the pay-per-view money. He was the star. Whatever happened, he was going to be the headline. And I think that took something away from his game. And I think then he starts thinking, do I really want to crucify my legend, my idol? This hero, do I really want to pull? And for me, he just didn't pull the trigger. He did enough to make it look busy. He did enough to make fucking Anderson look good at times. He did a few cool things, a few spinning bits, but he never got into fifth gear, never got close to fifth gear out of pure respect. Mm. I think right now, Anderson Silva's going nowhere. And I think the fight, 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 well, that's fight, it. Fights like Nick Diaz, great. Right, do there shit you go. Like that. There do you go. shit like Nick Diaz, Anderson Silva. Connor? Do, do these fucking. Connor wants it. Connor wants it because he can see Anderson Silva's gone. Right. He can see, and Connor will try and pull trigger. And if, Connor, 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 because he's won't a lot carry smaller, him. won't try and carry Anderson. He'll try and get him the fuck out of there because if Anderson's so much bigger that if he catches Connor, Anderson would even at forty-three years of age, because Connor's so much smaller, could finish Connor. So that's the difference. Connor would finish him, and Connor's thinking he's gone. He's shot. DC's car- carried them. The Adesanya's carried them. I'll get in there now and I'll fuck him up. Because <laughs> Connor doesn't care. Connor doesn't give a fuck about whose legacy or beating Michael Jordan. He's, he's like, like you. Yeah. He wants he wants Shearer's scalp on his mantelpiece. That's what Connor wants. And Connor's ruthless enough to do it because he doesn't give a fuck. And I think that's the difference. Now, long term, do I think that affects Adesanya's trajectory? No. I think in hindsight, he might look back after Connor's done him and gone kind of missed that opportunity to, to put the nail in the coffin I showed him too much respect and it will reflect on his legacy that wait a minute you couldn't even finish fucking Anderson Silva when he'd only won one fight in six years and then Conor McGregor a welterweight beat him and then he ended up in Bellator and fucking Joe Joe fucking Bloggs went and beat him he was finished and wow you couldn't even finish in Australia I think Adesanya looks back and regrets the opportunity that he's missed this weekend hmm Regarding Silva, because he isn't going anywhere, even though he was crying his bollocks off at he needs uh, to. the weigh-in. Yeah, but he needs to go to Bellator. He needs to get back on the juice because Bellator don't give two fucks. Hmm. And get rid of that. Get rid of that fucking roll of fat around his middle. Get back on the get back on the juice on the testosterone. And 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 go, go on because he, he wants to continue. He's not going to stop. <laughs> Evidently, he's not going to stop fighting. Hmm. And unfortunately, the UFC know he's a cash cow, so they're not going to let him go. Hmm. But. Because he can't, because he's a forty-three-year-old man now, because he can't chemically be anything younger than forty-three, he will continue to get beat against people like this. Connor mm. will beat Anderson Silva right yeah. now. He will. Anderson Silva, Nick Diaz, Anderson Silva, Nate Diaz, shit like that. Fun fights. I'm down for. Bring back that little legend. Sid. They did it for Dan Henderson. They did it for Vitor before he left. That's what Anderson needs now. 
fights against people like that. Mm. Um, obviously, without the the championship fight, that was the main event. And the other talking point that comes away from UFC 234 is our mate, uh, Mark Goddard, who's on the Fight Disciples Network with uh, with Dan Hardy. He's been getting a little bit. He got a bit off uh, Dana, didn't he? He's been getting a little bit off fans uh, from all over the world who were watching uh, the Sam Alvey fight. What's your uh, opinion on the stoppage? Quick? Or, or uh, should he have let it continue for a, a, a little longer? Just going to read this statement that the lawyer has produced for me. Go on. To say that Mark Goddard as a fight disciple, will receive 100% support from the fight disciples <laughs> at all times. Irrelevant of what we think. Irrelevant. Now, listen. Listen, and, and listen, it's a shame Mark's not here right now because I'd fucking have this conversation with Mark. At the time, when Crew catches him and he goes down, Alvi goes down and goes down pretty heavy, if Mark jumps in then, I'm cool with it. Well, hang on. At that point... Um, Crew walks away. Yes. He, so, he should jump on him. So uh, It's his own fault at that point. 100%. So if, if Crew jumps in then yeah. and throws one more punch, I think Mark has got to stop it because he's, he's out. defenseless. He's out. He's on all fours. He doesn't know what fucking day it is. But Crew lets him off the, left, lets him off the hook by trying to do a, a Mark Hunt walk away KO. And as Mark goes to stop it and sees Crew walking away, then he realises... Alvi gets up. He set, he checks himself, Mark. He checks himself, and then Alvi starts looking to, to where Crute is. So Mark rightly then kind of backs off and goes, "Okay, then you, you know, he isn't finished. He is, he's not out." So and and gives Crute that opportunity to come back in. Then Crute jumps on top of him, starts wading in punches. Yeah. Now, if that walk away moment, if that check moment doesn't happen, if Crute just goes bang, hits him, jumps on his back, starts throwing punches because of the severity of the knockdown punch, yeah. I think Goddard's got to stop it, and he's done. It's a good stoppage. Yeah. Because Crute walks away, because there's that check moment, then he jumps on him, then he starts throwing punches, then Alvi appears to do a thumbs up. Does he though? And that's the big question. See, lots of people he appears to do a thumbs up. Yeah, now, but... if that was a thumbs up, a conscious thumbs up. Yeah, but was it a conscious thumbs up? This is the he's thing. saying it is right. He can say whatever he fucking wants. When I watch that, right, he yeah. looks like a guy. If if you go on all fours now, because the geezer's on all fours and yeah. uh, and Crook's on his back whacking him from behind, right? Yes. So if you put your forearms on the floor then you, and you've got, pretend you've got gloves on, right? No, you're right. Exactly. Naturally, you, your thumbs are in a position where they're looking like they're up. I don't think he's consciously saying, I'm all right here. I'm yeah. giving you the thumbs up. If someone's fucking banging you from behind, you're not thinking about giving someone the thumbs up. You're trying to defend yourself. That's what you. That's what you do first and foremost, don't you? Yeah. He's only just hit the deck. He's only. He's on his all fours and he's getting a good paste in from behind. I. I personally. <laughs> getting a good paste in from behind. Easy. I personally think I have no problem whatsoever with the stoppage, and maybe I'm in that minority that because I've seen so company much. Company man. Company man. Well, no. Do you know something? I'm the first to call people out. Right. I'm the first to give people shit if they've made a mistake. Yeah. I, and it's nothing to do with Mark being as a part of the Fight Disciples Network. No, nothing at all. I genuinely looked at that and thought, what's everybody moaning about? I don't, I don't see the thumbs up. I just think it's because his hands are in a natural position. And like you've just said, he was getting he was getting weighed in. Yeah. I've no problem with the stoppage, me. The only reason, I, I, you know, and at the time I was like, cool. And then I watched the replay and then the, t- the TV, uh, Dominic, by the way, like, for years, I've, I've said Dominic Cruz is the best analyst in the game for a long time. And watching that event the weekend, I think he's dog-teared. <laughs> like, I've completely flopped on it. By the way, I just don't... I, I just thought 
he was poor from start to finish on that broadcast, which is amazing because I used to think he was the best. I just think he was very poor. I don't know what's going on, what's happened. Or maybe he just had a bad night. Yeah. I just thought he was poor. Anyway, regardless. In the replay, I'm like, shit, that's early. Only because... In the replay? So at the time... Yeah, at the time, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it because I'm like, what the fuck is Creed doing? Finish him. He jumps on him, finishes him, and Mark stops it. And then Alvi flips the fuck out, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then on the replay, the TV commentary going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goddard's asking him if he's okay, and he does a thumbs up. So what the fuck has Goddard jumped okay. in for? All right, okay. And that's why I was like, oh, shit. If he has consciously gone thumbs up, then Mark shouldn't have stopped the fight. It's premature. Okay. However, Mark's in that moment. Only Mark knows if he asks. See, him. I haven't seen him physically ask him if he's I, okay. I haven't heard Mark say, are you, are you, right. show me something. So that's what, are you okay? So that's what, but that's what the commentary team said happened. Right. Okay. Now this is the difference about watching it on TV yeah, yeah. and actually being in the arena. Because okay. in the arena, you'd have heard that shit. Yes, you would. Because you you, Mark, because I've not seen that, would have said, he would have screamed something. He would have made a, a vocal a vocal yes, he would interaction he with Alvi to say, I agree. are you okay? But I haven't seen that. So I'm judging I'm judging yeah. of not seeing that. So if he has said that and he, and then he stopped the fight off the Gives back of it. Gives him the thumbs up because okay. he stopped it pretty much straight away. Right. But you're right. If you imagine you've got UFC gloves on and the, the, your hands are stretched. The problem with the UFC gloves are as well, they're, they're not like the, uh, the Bellator Everlast ones. If you see a, a UFC glove before the fighter puts them on backstage mm. at the arena, the, 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 the Bellator gloves made by Everlast are like a hybrid between uh, a, a boxing glove. Yeah. So look at a boxing glove. It's curved, isn't it? So yeah. you just put your fingers in, your fingers naturally curve round, your thumbs curve over because it's shaped like that. But the MMA gloves are perfectly flat. Yeah. They come flat packed like a fucking Ikea wardrobe. They're flat. That's why whenever fighters get them backstage, they're always fucking putting them on, bending them. Usually got the, the, the teammates fucking punching walls and it emits with them and trying to cave them round because they're absolutely flat when they come out of the packet. Mm -hmm. So if you think you've got them on, in it, especially when they're pretty much, well, they will be brand new for this fight. So when you sit down, you, you're right. Your, your thumb will stick up. I never thought of that. Naturally, your thumb will stick. I'm up dropping knowledge today. Oh, aren't you I? are, mate. Fucking, hell, you blown me away. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you've actually done some research before the show. <laughs> well, wait, unbelievable. Well, while you were upstairs having a shit in my house, which was on the boxing show, you had by to go. Way. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I was doing some research because you were that fucking long. <laughs> but yeah, man, listen, I'm dying to get Mark's take on it, and this is not a forward push to Mark's next podcast, which is released a week on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but. Mark's take on it's critical now because if Mark said to him, and I'm guessing he did, yeah, are you okay? Show me something, whatever it may be, and he's given and he's actually given him a thumbs up. See, only Mark knows in that moment whether that's a real thumbs up or yeah. whether it's the shape if of the hand or the to what he said. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alvi responded like he he, he, he yeah, lost he his shit, and Alvi responded like he wasn't knocked out. Like, usually you're a little bit dopey and all that. He wasn't that at all. He seemed very clear-headed. And that's why mm. I was like, oh, shit, that looked a bit early. Yeah. More on Alvi's response than anything else. And then it was the commentary team going, oh, look, he gives him a thumbs up and everything. That's what convinced me. Then I'm like, what? But then I know Mark. I'd like to know, say I know Mark as, as well as, as kind of anybody in MMA in the UK. I know if, if, the, if Mark had said to him, show me something, and Mark had seen him give a thumbs up, left why it. the fuck would he have stopped it? Of course he wouldn't have stopped it. Yeah. He wouldn't have. But then there's this other narrative as well regarding uh, a former Sam Alvey fight and God, yes. Goddard stopping him prematurely previously. So this is the issue I've got with it. Alvey's last fight in Brazil, he fights Little Nog. 
Little Nog drops him heavy as fuck up against the fence. I mean, crumples down on his own feet like Richard did when he got smoked yeah. for the title that time. Little Nog runs in, swarms him, and Alvy, who's gone, then lurches forward and grabs a, grabs a leg, grabs Little Nog's neck, leg. But by Mark then obviously comes in to stop it because the initial knockdown against the... He's fucked, he's gone, his legs have gone, crumpled underneath him. By the time Mark gets there, Little Nog swarmed in to try and finish him and is throwing, raining down punches. But Alvy's now got locked onto one leg. Mark stops it. Now, Alvy jumps up and goes, what the fuck, I'm defending myself? You're not. You're basically grabbing a leg. You don't even know what day it is. But it, the complaint was then he was like, fucking God, I'll stop this fight too early. Now, this week in Melbourne, Alvy went... Oh, the day of the fight. You've given me Goddard. Fucking hell, he stopped me early in the last fight. Why? Yeah. Why put Mark Goddard in the firing line? If Alvy's come out and gone, listen, it's not like it's a, diff- a different promotion. No. It's fucking UFC again. Yeah. And Goddard wouldn't and give Alvey a shit goes, if you switched it around yeah. and gave him a different fight, swapped it up. If they'd have said to Goddard, listen, Herb Dean's going to do that fight because Alvy's kicking off backstage. You stopped it too prematurely, little nog. You're going to take Herb's fight against whoever sweet, on the card. Mark wouldn't give a fuck. Mark would be like, yeah, man, cool, whatever's easiest. But instead, and you know, Mark's a professional, so Mark would have gone, I'm doing an LV fight again, means fuck all to me. Because I the way Mark it, looks at it, it as is, I see it. player A, player B. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what's gone in the past. You're player A, you're player B, I'm going to judge this to the best of my ability. That's why he's so good. So it wouldn't have bothered him. But in, his, in the back of his mind, I bet you Mark was thinking, I've got to be careful here. Or maybe he wasn't. Maybe maybe Mark's fucking too big for that. Maybe he's just gone, fuck it, it's my job, whatever. Player A, player B, sound, doesn't matter. But I just think whoever did the schedule, whoever whoever did that, put that fight together and went, yeah, Goddard will do it. They created a narrative when they didn't necessarily exactly. need to be one. You've, you've created a situation that doesn't need to happen. Hmm. Doesn't need to happen. Because hmm. Alvy's gone to the media as well, publicly gone, oh, they give me Goddard again. He, st- he stopped my fight early last time. Fucking hell. You've, you've created a problem straight away. Hmm. Hmm. So... Um, good. But I thought Jimmy Crute looked good. Yeah, he, he could. Yeah, he did. It was um, a good performance. Regarding betting, by the way, on this, it was a good night because if you decided to go with all the betting favourites as a, an accumulator, yeah, as long as you did, I think I think they were ten for one. I think there was only one uh, upset on Ricky the card. Simon, Ronnie Yaya was an upset. Yeah, that was it. That Ricky Simon, the last of the Mohican kid, mm. he was fucking awesome. Yeah, he was. He looked wicked. That was the only upset. So <coughs> ten favourites uh, ended up coming through there. So if you did go with uh, any in-round betting or anything like that, do share your stories with us uh, because our betting partner William Hill will not be beating on in-round betting on any of the fight sports that we cover anyway. Uh, so get in contact uh, with us. We actually did a radio show on Saturday night and uh, the majority of the back end of that show was taken up watching Bellator, wasn't it, son? Because Bellator was on UK TV, lad. We're going to talk about the new UK TV deal with uh, Sky Sports in a moment or two. But first of all, to Bellator Newcastle. Uh, and Aaron Chalmers to start. Aaron Chalmers. If anybody's ever watched Geordie Shaw, you will know full well that the saying that the boys used to use when they pulled a bird uh, in the sh- in whatever club it is up there in the in King Tut's Wah Wah Hut or whatever it's fucking called up there, I don't know. Um, the the uh, the catchphrase was tap tap, which is quite um, fitting. apt and fitting uh, for what happened at the weekend. Do you know something? My respect for Aaron Chalmers actually went up in defeat because he's been handed tin cans. And this this journey of becoming a mixed martial artist has kind of been made a little bit of a joke, really. Because don't get me wrong, he's a he's got a million followers on social media and all that, and he's 
it, it, it felt like reality stars having a do in mixed martial arts world without any mixed martial arts training. He's gone in there. Yeah. They've handed him an absolute easy fight. There were a kid that he stood, he did a standing guillotine on a kid where a kid just handed his neck to him and he fucking choked him out. Yeah. This fight was a proper fight. It was an app, you know what I mean? And even though at times it looked like he was kicking out time at Weatherspoons with the way that he was swinging his shots and he isn't, he isn't the, technically the greatest fighter. He kept going. And I thought to myself, do you know something, mate? It takes a lot of bollocks, first of all, to get in a ring or get in an octagon and have a proper swing, especially in your hometown when everybody's there come to see you. And then to end up getting beat in that way, my heart went out to him a little bit. I thought to myself, do you know something? Fair play, kid. Fair play. Even though he's never going to do anything major in the world of mixed martial arts. No. It's kind of like a, a very small British version of CM Punk, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it is what it is. He's been brought over because he's a... A bit of a circus act brought over for the social media appeal for the for the Geordie Shaw fans appeal, uh, and it's worked because they've done two sh- two events in Newcastle and they've both been packed to the rafters. So, um, Alan Chalmers, from what I hear as well, he trains hard. He trains with Tom Brees, all the boys in Birmingham. You know, he gets his head down. He's not like he's dipping in and out of it, but it is what it is. He's not a fighter. He's got no background in fight sports. He's a fucking reality TV star. Mm. So, it. Kind of like CM Punk, he's got he's got no wrestling pedigree, boxing pedigree to fall back on, and he's fighting guys who have who have got pedigree. Corey Browning may not be the best fight in the world; he's only four to, four and two himself, but he's had that many fights and more in amateur as well. So the kid had far more experience, and he looked you know he didn't look like he was in the greatest shape. Corey Brown, and he may not be taking his his career as seriously as say Aaron Chalmers, who can financially support himself to train full time. But he's seen this as his opportunity as well. So and he took it, and he took it. You know, and you, and you can't blame him for that. He, you know, he exposed Aaron Chalmers for what he was. You know, someone who's come into the sport with like eighteen months, two years training, whatever it is, and he's he's had a he's field him out and gone, okay, you're a swinger, you fancy knocking me out, great. I've been training this sport a lot longer than you, and I know the ground game, and you clearly don't. So took him down, and once he was on the ground, Aaron Chalmers made made pretty base, basic mistakes hmm. but you'd expect that because he's it is what it is so I hope he keeps going I hope he sticks with it you're right he'll never he's never going to become a world champion he's never going to win a title or anything like that but it's good for the sport hmm. it's good for the sport that they've sold out Newcastle Arena twice yeah. because it if if Aaron Chalmers is not on this bill Ryan Scope doesn't get to headline at the Newcastle Arena yeah that's fair enough which is his fucking neck of the woods as well you know, and uh, Terry Brazier doesn't get on cards like this, and Fabian Edwards doesn't get big cards. A lot of these British fighters wouldn't have got this kind of exposure if it wasn't for the fact that Alan Chalmers puts a lot of bums mm. on seats. So on that, on on that, because I know that obviously Chalmers is the pull. There's no question about yeah. that. Regarding the TV coverage of uh, of this event at yeah. the weekend, I was watching it. I was thinking, fucking hell, it. You've got an opportunity to market your product in the UK to show yourself as, listen. On Channel 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show, this is mixed martial arts in the UK, right? Yeah, okay, it's not the Champions League because it's not the UFC, but it is the Europa League, as you kind of pointed out on the radio at the weekend. So therefore, get a little bit of knowledge in there, really showcase that Great Britain is the place to be for mixed martial arts. There's some fantastic talent up and down this country. But instead... They went, it was like reality TV did mixed martial arts. It became a bit of a farce. There was a, a lad presenting it, and this is going to sound bitter and bitchy from two lads that are obviously presenting TV and radio shows uh, in fight sports. But I was watching this lad, I was thinking, 
At one point, he forgot Corey Browning's name. <laughs> Yeah. The guy's fucking fighting Aaron Chalmers. It's the biggest fight of the night with all due respect to everybody else on there. Yeah. He forgot the geezer who he was fighting his name. I'm thinking, oh my days. And uh, there was a girl on there interview. She was just fucking interviewing Geordie Shaw. Yeah, I know. Getting these fucking plebs on the telly. I'm thinking, oh my days. What are you... Fair enough. You when, you when you do something like that, you're trying to appeal to a wider audience. You're trying to appeal to that casual fan to bring them in, aren't they? Yeah. And, I, and I'm the sure people, there were... There's yeah, loads of people that have watched him on Geordie Shaw that were watching that at the weekend. I'm yeah. sure there are, right? Like Geordie Shaw. But I'll you do it. But you do it in a way where you're trying to bring them into your world. You're not going into their world. Of course. You know what I mean? Yes, okay. Aaron uh, Chalmers is coming into mixed martial arts, but the audience is supposed to be coming into the mixed martial arts world. You're not supposed to then show them a reality TV show with fighting. That's not yeah, what yeah. you're supposed to show them. Mm -hmm. And it would, it just, it, for me, it would car crash. It was. And they missed an opportunity at the weekend to really showcase some fantastic talent because Edwards, great performance. The main event, I mean, I personally thought Ryan fucking won the fight. Me man. Too. We sat there, watched it together. I'm thinking he's got that. Yeah. He's definitely won the last round. Yeah. He, got, he lost the first round. He won the second and the third. I think he took the second round. I think he did. Mm -hmm. But he ended up he ended up losing it, which I thought was a bit of a shame. And there was an opportunity there to, show, to showcase those guys and go, hey, come back. When Alan yeah. Chalmers isn't fighting next, yeah, yeah. come back and watch us again. Of course. And I think they fucked it. Absolutely. What they should do is, you know, you, you've got, and it's kind of like with CM Punk. The, the, the UFC kind of got it right with CM Punk that they give him, you give him this, you give him, did they give him a co-main? He was on the main event. I think they, I think they give him a he was got him a main event, didn't he, in Chicago? But I don't think he was co-main. He was on the he was on, he the, was on main the main card. card. He wasn't. But he was on the main card. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like the fucking CM Punk show. No. Yes, they did a twenty four seven about CM Punk. But when you watched it, it was all about his trainer, all about how tough it was, all about how these sacrifices in his life and interviews with him, going, "This is the hardest thing I've ever done," and blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. When it comes to the fight itself, it was like, bomb, this is a world title fight. Bomb, this guy's also from Chicago. Bomb is Anthony Pettis. Bomb is this, is that. Bomb, 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 bomb. And don't forget CM Punk's like our yeah. fucking special attraction it was, type under, thing. it was an undercurrent. To yeah, the it was like event. the special attraction. So mm. you're in, you're like, fuck, I love CM Punk. I love wrestling. I don't really watch UFC, but CM Punk was my favorite. I'm going to watch it. By the time you get to the end of the show, even though CM Punk's been fucked, you're like, wow, this is a whole new appreciation of what this sport is. Yeah. I'm coming back for more. And Bellator missed that, you're right. Bellator catered. It, it was like... I don't know went, whether it was Bellator or whether it was Channel 5. Yeah, whoever put the crew together. Yeah. You know, they brought in a presenter that nobody in MMA knows. No. I don't think he's worked in MMA before. And you've worked in it for 15 years, mate. You so, sat there going, who the fuck's that guy? I, I had no idea You, who you who were full Conor McGregor on Saturday night going, yeah, who yeah. the fuck is that guy? Exactly. And I, listen, if you're going to bring in someone that's a shit-off presenter that's all over it that's a name yeah, fair yeah. enough but to bring somebody in completely cold from both directions I've never seen him present anything before I've never seen him in MMA before yeah. and now he's presenting on fucking Channel 5 a big night to be a, a big huge night, night yeah, yeah. for Bellator for years this is why we don't really talk about Bellator on this show because what's the fucking point nobody can watch it our core audience is in Europe and we can't fucking watch Bellator so what's the point hmm. so we don't but now we will We'll talk about it more. You know, we're about to talk about MVP, no doubt, and, and Paul Daly for obvious reasons. But there's no point talking about it previously. Now we've got it. It's on Channel 5. And you know what? It's about to be on Sky Sports. Oh, let's go and see what the fuck... Finally, let's go and see what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. And you watch it and you're like... It was like fucking Cage Rage from back in the day. I was waiting for, <laughs> I was waiting for fucking Dave O'Donnell to come out. Like, That's what it was like. It was, it was kind of embarrassing. And you're right, they missed an opportunity. But I tell you now, everyone was like, oh my God, you can't do that on Sky. It won't be like that on Sky because Sky 
Sky will take a feed from America. They'll just it'll be one hundred percent the American feed. I'll be so they won't have anybody in the UK. It'll be like PBC, the boxer we were doing on ITV yeah. ITV now. Where you just turn it on and it's straight the American broadcast. That's what Bella took. That's what it'll be. Michael Schiavello on comms, all that kind of stuff. Mm. We will basically get to see what's getting put out on the zone, but it'll be on Sky Sports. Mm. Because well, evidently the they're not ready for it. Mm. Well on that, they are. There's, there's, there's a couple of lads doing this podcast that could comfortably <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, um, mm. But on that, how big is that TV deal? To have Bellator or even just MMA in general on Sky Sports yeah. is absolutely it's monstrous. Well over a decade since it's been on Sky. Well over a decade. And it was a completely different sport then. And it's huge. It's a huge opportunity. And, um, you know, they're the starting on the right foot. You know, they couldn't have asked for a better fight to go live with because it should, this will be the best numbers they could possibly do, I mm, think. Mm. Paul Daly versus... In the UK, you're talking yeah, now, yeah, aren't they? Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sky, Bellator being on Sky Sports for the very first time with Paul Daly versus Michael Venom Page oh, in the main event. Fight, that will do the best numbers. Mm. And that's what a great way to start because Bellator and Sky will be like jizzing over themselves going, fucking hell, that has done a lot better than we thought. It, it probably won't do them numbers again unless, you know, let's be honest here, Michael Venom Page lights up Paul Daly yeah. and is actually the star he's been telling us he is. Yeah. And he is such a... Then the next round of the tournament, it'll do even bigger numbers yeah. because we've seen Michael Venom Page on Sky Sports anyway. Mm. It's only now, in the aftermath of it, get announced. I'm like, now it makes sense why Michael Venom Page has been on Sky Sports News so much and did like... Um, he was he was on um, one of the Conor, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Venom Page was at ringside doing bits for Sky and everything else. Yeah, and I was always yeah, like, yeah. he's not even in UFC. He's in fucking... Now it kind of makes sense. The groundwork was getting put in with Michael Venom Page years ago to make him a Sky Sports star. So it's all starting to fall into place. Now we've got, we've got to find out is, is he the can real he deal? actually fucking fight? Yeah, because yeah. for me, this is the first real fight he's been in. Mm. To segue perfectly into this weekend, it's brilliant this weekend, Thanks, isn't it? There you go. That's how. That's that's the award-winning shit, man. Away from you, there. That's the award-winning shit, and it is a monster this weekend. Don't get me wrong. There are, there's some fantastic fights going on in the UFC, and we will come back to Ngannou versus Velasquez uh, shortly. But MVP versus Paul Daly, because here in the UK we are getting this now on Sky Sports. Yeah, all right. It's in the early hours of the morning. It's over in the states, Connecticut, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you can set your planner, or you can stay up and watch it. It will be captivating fight week will be captivating because for some reason these lads absolutely detest each other there will be a lot of rhetoric coming through sky sports there'll be a lot of rhetoric going all over social media about these two lads uh, the weighing and all this type of stuff and when they get down to it paul daly he is his legacy in mixed martial arts done he's had some wonderful fights he, yeah. he in fact he provided m me with one of my favorite fights of all time against diaz i thought it was absolutely sensational that yeah. knock mvp hasn't done anything He's got all these fantastic gimmicks, all these fantastic memes, great ring walks, great um, dances at the end of fights, but he's been fighting tin cans. Let's be straight. He hasn't fought absolutely anybody. This fight has been in the works for such a long, long period of time. And finally, because of this Grand Prix, they've brought these two lads together. What a fight it is. And this is the moment where we find out whether Michael Venom Page is the second coming of Israel Adesanya. That's what we find out. Or he's just... He's just manufactured. He's just manufactured. Or he's just, yeah, it's just plastic. It's just pretend. I yeah. don't want it to be. I want this kid to God, go yeah. in at the weekend and light him up with some kung fu shit. Yeah, yeah. And then go, oh my days, it's real. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I want him, I want him to do what I, I was hoping Adesanya was going to do to Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's no slight on Anderson Silva. And this is no slight on Paul Daly. But you're right. We've seen the best of Paul Daly. 
He's fucking done. He's in the bank. Don't worry about it. Michael Venom Page, if if he can light up Paul Daly this weekend, if he can do to Paul Daly what he's done to 13 other opponents and, and, and just bring this incredible kickboxing, flamboyant, super confidence, hands down, one-punch knockouts. Flying knees and oh, shit. Oh, style. If he can do that to Paul Daly on this stage, fuck me, we've got a superstar in our hands. Fuck me. Michael Venom Page takes this Bellator Sky Sports thing to a whole new Absolutely. level. Suddenly, he's he's everywhere now. Absolutely. And suddenly, he becomes he be- a poster boy. He becomes... Poster boy of Bellator of course, the UK, 100%. We, exactly. Well, not even just the UK, because we've been going Aaron Pico this and Aaron Pico yeah, that. Yeah. That's the guy. True. Now, Aaron Pico, don't get me wrong, I still think he's the guy, because... He's either getting, he's letting someone out or he's getting nods out himself, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's where he's at at this moment in time. But if MVP can do this to Daly in a, in a flashy way, whether it's a flying knee or a spinning, whatever it is, he becomes the star of the Bellator. Of course. Because he is their Israel Adesanya. He is their next coming of Anderson Silva. Well, That's think, what he is. Think about Bellator's draws. Gegard Mousasi, yeah. Rory MacDonald, yeah. Benson Henderson, Mirko Krokop, mm. Fedor, mm. All, all guys. I'm only going with the first two that you mentioned there, by but, the way. But these yeah, are, I understand these are all guys that, be, that built their legacies elsewhere and now are just seeing out their days over yep. Bellator and cashing in. These are not Bellator products. These are not homegrown talents. Whereas Mike and Venom Page, you could argue, is. Mm. He could be the first real huge star for Bellator, but it's, he's got to beat Paul Daly this weekend and it's no fucking gimme because Paul Daly... While he, he may well have be past his best, he's a fucking proud man. He ain't going to want to see his career oh, no. ended by Michael Page, especially with the amount of shit-talking gone between them. We're going to see the best Paul Daly at this stage in his career. He'll turn up. Will it be enough to knock out Michael Page? Because Paul Daly's got heavy hands, man. If he catches anyone, he's knocking you the fuck out. But can he land a punch on Michael Page? Or will he take Michael Page to the ground? No one's been able to do it yet. Will we mm. see something else? Will, will that happen? It's so intriguing. It's fascinating. Yes, we wish it was at the O2. Of course we will, because we'd all be fucking going. The reason it's happening here is because of the zone money is paying for the welterweight tournaments. It all has to be on UK uh, American time. But again, the timing for it to be live on Sky Sports kind of makes it perfect anyway. Mm. Sky Sports gets to start with it with a big one. I can't wait for it, man. I don't give a fuck that Congo's on the undercard, Crocop, Roy Nelson, all them. One time UFC guys no, doesn't make no difference. Makes no odds to me whatsoever. Michael Fage versus Paul Daly is going to be awesome just because we get to know. Is it for real? Yeah, it kind of sits nicely for your weekend as well, doesn't it? Because you've got uh, Cage Warriors in Liverpool. Yeah. Your home city. Yeah. So you'll be at that, knocking one out. You know what I mean? If anybody's ever been to the... Uh, it's not called the Echo anymore, is it? The M&S Bank M&S Arena. Bank Arena, yeah. Anybody's ever ever been to that arena in Liverpool and seen Nick, he struts around like he's the fucking Lord Mayor, you know what I mean? Giving it the big Conor McGregor. The Billy Walk. That's exactly what he does. Everybody's like going, oh, Nick, how are you? I ain't seen you for ages. So that's basically what's going to happen this weekend. He'll watch a lot of fights. He'll come home, get his Jack Daniels out. That's not a euphemism, by the way. And then get stuck into the Bellator, won't you, son? Absolutely. What's going on at Cage Warriors then? Tell me, tell me. It's good. Uh, Tom Aspinall makes his Cage Warriors debut. He's the heavyweight that trains alongside Darren Till. Um, he's got a tough fight for him as well but listen Tom Aspinall I've seen Tom train a lot and you know he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world but think about who he trains with you know he spars Darren Till and Tyson Fury regularly that's his his week plays out like that one minute he's sparring Till the next he's sparring Tyson Fury so he's absolutely no joke he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world did you see Till's um, kicking drill on uh, his Instagram yeah. this week <laughs> yeah special that isn't it yeah yeah 
not half. When you're getting no sleep as well because of the baby, yeah. he's doing well. But the, the fight I'm looking forward to, to be honest with you, obviously I'm, I'm excited to see Tom Aspinall, but the fight I'm looking forward to is the two lads I had on the podcast two weeks ago, which is Tim Barnett versus Adam Ventry. They've made it at catch weight because Tim Barnett's from the weight above, Ventry's from the weight below. They've made it at 160. It's a battle of Liverpool, you know, two sides of the city, two gyms from the city coming together. Both these guys like each other. They've been to fucking, they were telling, they were on the show. You'll find it over at fightdisciples.com if you want to hear it. Um, they, they were spending time with each They haven't trained together, but they've supported each other They in wins and losses, and they've fucking spent time at each other's houses and whatever else. But the fight got put to them by Cage Warriors and uh, Ian Dean, who's fucking... His matchmaking abilities are just bonkers. He's brilliant, absolutely brilliant matchmaker, but he's not scared to go fancy fighting him. Fancy fighting you, mate. Because he knows full well that all it takes is for one to go, well, I think Tim was like, my response was, I'm not really interested, but if he takes it, I'll take it. Like, I'm fucking certainly not going to turn it down. And then when they asked Adam, Adam was like, he's a former world champion, of course I'd fight him. So it was like, well, if he wants it, I'll have it, sound. And that's the beauty of that's why Ian Dean's such a good fucking matchmaker because he knows how to get into people. And I think that's going to steal the show. That's going to absolutely light up the uh, the arena this weekend. And that's mm. the one I'm most looking forward to. Mm. Well, that's Cage Warriors. This is all Saturday, by the way. UFC doesn't get going for UK fans anyway until Sunday. Uh, early hours of Monday, actually, isn't it? Um, in Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona, yeah, yeah. Um, and Garnu's back against Kane. It's a great matchup, man. This is an opportunity for Ngannou to start throwing some statements back. Remember two years ago when we were all going crazy about this mad Cameroonian who ended up in France and obviously fought or come up through the MMA ranks in a in a country that had banned mixed martial arts. He then rocks up in Las Vegas. He's knocking kids out for fun. He sends um, our boy from Holland to hell absolutely with the punch of the year. And then he ends up having a stinker against Stipe. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, but there's an opportunity this weekend against Ken to make a statement. He's back on. He's back in the win list. He's on a streak of one for one. This is the chance, man. Come on, Big Frank. Show us what you're all about, lad. I want him back in the mix because I still I'm convinced that he's the boy at heavyweight. You're not having it, are you? Convinced he's the man. God no. If Kane Velasquez turns up in any way, shape, and form resembling Kane Velasquez. He absolutely beat the shit out of him. I've got no qualms about that whatsoever. The problem is, Kane hasn't fought since 2016. And the last time he fought at UFC 200. Um, what does Kane do? Francis does Ngannou was like two fights in or three fights into his UFC career. What does Kane do? Does he take him down? Or does he go toe-to-toe with him? Uh, obviously, he'll take him down. You know, He'll close the distance, he'll take him down. Uh, he'll put him on his back and he'll beat the shit out of him. And I don't want to see that. Well, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Big Frank, land early. Well, there's no point trying to box with him because Ngannou's so much taller. And while he's undoubtedly slower than Kane, if one of those big shots lands, I think Kane Velasquez will just roll inside Mike Tyson-style wing and punches, get him up against the fence, put him down, and then it'll be game over for Big Francis, I'm afraid. Kane Velasquez on his day is the best heavyweight out there. He's the best. But the problem is you can't get him on his day no more. He's just not fit enough. Yeah, that you know, crisps. His, his body's fucked. Yeah, he's missed the glass, hasn't he? So there's a reason why we haven't seen him fight since UFC 200 because his body's just not up for it. Um, it's great to see him back. I never th- I never thought we would ever see Cain Velasquez fight again. So that's what I'm excited for most, just to see what he's got left in the tank. Obviously, he's got no aspirations of winning back the heavyweight title off his pal. But DC is basically saying one fight and I'm out. So they're waiting for Brock to clear of uh, of this drug of six months of drug testing, he'll fight Brock. 
He'll give up the belt. Kane will probably fight for the vacant belt as long as he gets through Ngannou. That's obviously the plan they're putting together. Is this getting out the first round? Uh, no. Great, isn't it? Definitely not. Because either Velasquez runs into one yeah, and is the most unluckiest guy ever. What do you mean unluckiest guy ever? B- Big Frank knows what he's doing, man. Does he fuck? Of course he does. He's got shit. Look at the size of them fucking fists. They're like shovels. He exactly. knows what he's doing, lad. He just wings away, doesn't he? That's all we want. He's my type of fighter, him. Straight yeah, out yeah. at Weatherspoons. Go on, son. <laughs> Put it on him. Straight in the car park. That's it. Velasquez does what he wants in this fight, to be honest with you. I think it's over inside a round. And, so is uh, that your bet? Yeah, absolutely. First round, Cain round Velasquez. Round one, Cain Velasquez. TKO. There you go. That's Nick's pick for that one. Yeah. Um, the fight of the night is going to be James Vick versus Paul Felder, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's an absolutely brilliant fight. Huge fan of both these guys. Felder has a lightweight can do something. Obviously, he moved up to welterweight, didn't he, and took that fight with Mike Perry for no reason, except he just wanted to have a fight. Um, but back down in the lightweight division, he was on a good run. He was 3-0. He'd had two performance of the night bonuses, including in Glasgow against Stephen Ray, when he absolutely beat the shit out of him with elbows. He looked brilliant that night. Um, and this is the right way class for him. However, and I've been saying this forever, as you know, James Vick's like my favourite lightweight. Yeah, no, because is. no one knows who the fuck he is. No one gives him any fucking love, any respect at all. Um, I think he was... I fancied him against Justin Gaethje last time out when he headlined against Gaethje, but uh, he got caught. And that can happen to anybody against Gaethje because he's a warrior. But I truly believe that James Vick is a better boxer than Gaethje. I think he's a better boxer than Paul Felder. thing is, with Paul Felder, kids made the fucking scrap iron. He just come, he'll just come for days. So, Vic, I think, is the most underappreciated lightweight in the division. I think he, if I'm, if I'm pushed here, I think he beats Felder by submission. But it could be an absolute fucking bloody war. I think it'll go the distance. Same. And God only knows who's going to win. It's just going to be brilliant. I think Vic does it on the decision. I think if it goes to the decision. You think Felder? Uh, I don't know. I think, I th- I, honestly, I fancy <laughs> well, it's Vic. One, it's one of the other, Nick. One, Which one, one you th- going Something's going to happen. <laughs> I actually fancy Vic to get a submission. Yeah, Late on, yeah. Late on. Because he's got that in his arsenal. And I don't think Felder's as good as Vic on the ground. Even though Vic's a Golden Gloves level boxer. Yeah. And his boxing's brilliant. Some of the best in this weight class. His submission game is completely undervalued. So it wouldn't surprise me if he pulled off a sub. But if it goes the distance, anyone, man. But this, the only, so this, on. the you, only safe bet you, you, here is this will get a performance of the night bonus. Right. So hang on. This is for the William Hill crew, you know, because they want oh, to right, be beaten okay. in, 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 in round betting. So you've gone round one, Ken Velasquez. Yes. You go in round three? No, I'm going to go round two, James Vick's submission then. Okay. Because I want to stick with in round betting. So That's I'm what I mean. Go, I'm going to go with Velasquez in one. And Vic in two. Okay. Yeah. What other fights are standing out for you? The, the obvious one for me is Rivera against uh, Sterling. Yes. That one turns me on a little bit. It's right down the card though, isn't it? Well, it's it's main event on the ESPN card. Um, in fact, this, this whole thing's on ESPN. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty... Usually that this would be the one that sells forward to yeah, ESPN+. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, but obviously the whole thing's on ESPN, so... Um, that'll be a good fight. I like Rivera and I like Aljamain Sterling too. The prelims is he- headline. The prelims is Henan Barrow. Mm. What a fall from Grace Henan Barrow's yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've they've handed him a bit of a cannon, Luke Sanders, as much as you get cans in the UFC. But both him and Barrow can't buy two wins anyway, so anything could happen there. That's pretty deep down on the card. But the other one I'm looking out for is the featherweight fight, which is the opener to the main card: Andre Feely versus Miles Jory. Touchy-feely? Yeah, man, touchy-feely. That's going to be an absolute fucking belter. Just because touchy-feely, depending on what day it is, 
could be as well is a world beater. And Miles Jory, I'm a massive fan of. A winner fan when he moved up to lightweight. Back at featherweight, he's a different kind of animal. Um, and I, I'd like to see Miles Jory go on a bit of a run just because I like the guy. I've interviewed him a few times and he's cool as fuck. But the big thing on Sunday night to look out for everybody, tune in Sunday to watch Cron Gracie. So Cron Gracie makes his UFC debut against Alex Caceres, the uh, the ninja, the Afro ninja. And Cron uh, Gracie is, I think he's like four, I can't even be asked looking, four and five into his MMA career. But he's the son of Hori and uh, Gracie, who's like fucking, you know, Anybody knows Hick, fucking Horian. Hicks and Gracie, sorry. Hicks and Gracie of the Gracie family, the Brazilian, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu li- mm-hmm. lineage. When they went into MMA and, and MMA became a thing and all this, Hickson has always been known as the best fighter. Hickson was the best mixed martial artist. People used to say he was the pound for pound greatest of all time, all this kind of stuff. He actually didn't have the fights, the legacy type fights that you would think. In order to conclude that. Yeah, he, he fought a lot in, in Japan and everything else. But Hickson... Everyone always said was the best Gracie fighter. He was the fucking man. He was a beast. Unlike the rest of the family who just look, look like normal, normal men, fucking lawyers and shit with jujitsu geese on. Hickson looked like a motherfucker. He looked like he'd tear your arm off and enjoy it. That was his thing. Now, Cron is uh, Hickson's son. And uh, obviously, as well as being a fucking jujitsu wizard, his MMA career so far, he's looked destructive. He makes his UFC debut here in two Gracie style. He's won every single one of his fights by submission as well. This is what the Gracies should be doing. If, you're, if your name's Gracie and you're fighting MMA... You should MMA, be able to knock anybody out. Exactly. Put your fucking hands away, pull guard, <laughs> and tap people out. Your family, your lineage is... It demands it. Demands it. You've got to. And that's what Cron's doing. I think Caceres has been tapped a few times. That's my other performance of the night bonus. So I'm going to go Cron Gracie, submission in the first. James first? V- first. He's taking him out in the first, first round. round. Absolutely. Fucking hell. James Vick, submission in the second. Cain Velasquez, TKO in the first. That's me bet. There you go. He'll stick him on his social media at the weekend, so make sure you're across it. It's a lot of action this weekend. Uh, UFC, uh, Bellator, and obviously Cage Warriors. Uh, Lots of you uh, to be able to get stuck into that, and obviously big fights uh, in the upcoming months as well as we build up towards UFC London. Um, If you've only just stumbled across Fight Disciples, you can subscribe via iTunes and via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're all over social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where there'll be stuff going up there this week, all right? Uh, Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.